0: Hey there, it's Susan Bradley. You are on the roadmap to 50K. I am building a brand new store on Shopify. I'm starting at zero. I'm sharing what I do all the way to the first $50,000 in sales. And this is episode 12. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey there, guys. I am super excited to uh, share this episode uh, this week with you. I have a guest that you are absolutely going to love, and many of you might already know her. Her name is Sarah Williams. She is the queen of subscription boxes, but actually, Sarah, everybody knows about your subscription boxes, but say hi.
1: Hello. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Tell everybody about the rest of your business.
1: Tell them about your online store. So I have a retail brick and mortar store and I also have an online store. My store is called Framed Monogram Gifts and More. And what we do is we basically personalize everything in the store. So you can get your monogram, your name, your initials, anything you want on our gifts. And it makes them super special and custom. So we have an in-store and we have been building our online store. It's been really great.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's amazing because what I see often is people really struggle if they have an online store that includes personalization, but you have totally nailed it. I mean, I, like, it's amazing what you've been able to do with this store in the last, and you just told me actually before we jumped on 14
1: months. It's really been 14 months since I went from having a good business to having an amazing amazing
0: bus- business, mm-hmm. for sure, you know, just completely amazing. And just quickly, let's tell everybody about your subscription boxes. That's not the topic today. We want to talk about your uh, um, your amazing journey with email marketing and what it's done for your business. But <clears throat> tell everybody quickly about your subscriptions because, you know, that'll get their attention.
1: i have um some subscription boxes i have four total and um i ship out 2700 monthly boxes so i have 2700 monthly subscribers i have a monogram box um, and that is three to four items go in that box every month one of them is monogram so every single box is customized and i have a t-shirt club where all i make all the designs and we print t-shirts and those go out to 1,300 subscribers every single month. So that is my subscription box. And what that has done is not only stabilized my retail store, but it's has also stabilized my online business. Yeah.
0: I bet you it's actually contributed to the growth of your online business, because I wonder if you looked, and I'm sure you have, I bet you a lot of those subscribers are also customers.
1: They're my best customer. They're yeah. buying everything I put in front of them. And so what I've done is just created this super loyal customer by sending them a gift every month that they've paid for, but it's like a gift because they don't know what they're going to get. And then when I show up on social media or an email, um, showing them other things, they're like, well, I want that too. And so that's really how my business has been built over the last 14 months.
0: It's just crazy. And it's been so fun to watch. Because actually, I have, uh, I've been watching that the whole step of the way. You and I, we have to tell everybody the story of when we met and how we met. So Sarah and I are both in a, in a high-level mastermind, really. I mean, it's uh, certainly it's, everybody has to have a certain level of success before they can get into that mastermind. And uh, I was so excited, Sarah, when you actually joined, because before you joined, I was the only person who was a product person. And so I still remember the first day I met you, and uh, it was in San Francisco, remember?
1: Oh, I remember. How could we forget? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first meeting, we are both in uh, Stu McLaren's Impact Mastermind, and Stu likes a lot of fun. And he's way more fun than Sarah and I put together. Let's just start with that. And so uh, poor Sarah, I mean, I'd had one uh, one experience with something like this before, but poor Sarah came to her first meeting. Uh, her first day at the mastermind. And it's always a fun day and I'd like to share with everybody what we did.
1: So I didn't even, this is my first time to meet everybody. I didn't know these people. And, and some of them I kind of idolized because they were well-known in their industry and so I'm super nervous already. Um, and we show up and we are riding bicycles, tandem bicycles around San Francisco, not even around San Francisco. We're going to ride from San Francisco to Salsalito. Here's a girl who hasn't ridden a bike since she was 14 and doesn't exercise regularly. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this? This is my first introduction to all these people, and I'm going to look like a loser. Oh, yeah. We all kind of look like losers,
0: because what you didn't say is that for people who don't know that area, that included a bike ride across the Golden Gate Bridge. And can we all just acknowledge that the Golden Gate Bridge is another hill. San Francisco is the hilliest place in the world, I swear. the this
1: hill ever, it is
0: oh. never ending. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, after our uh, forever bike ride across the bridge and into Sausalito, Sarah and I hadn't actually even had a conversation yet. And, uh, and when we got to Sausalito, there we had to catch the ferry to get back to San Francisco. And that included a run or we were going to miss the ferry. And so we did that. And so when I actually got to sit down and meet Sarah for the first time, we were just having a drink before dinner. We had just come off that bike ride and the ferry ride. We both looked like we had been hit by a dump truck like sweaty hair everywhere, uh,
1: you know. And then we're at this fancy restaurant, right? We're in this super nice restaurant. We look literally like we came off the dump truck.
0: Yeah, like some cat dragged in. So anyway, I sat down. I had been excited to, I knew that you had a product-based business. I had been excited to meet you. We sat down and we had this uh, very first conversation. Of course, my kids call me 20 questions because, you know, I just want to know all the things and uh, I'm really interested in what other people do. And I can remember that first meeting with you. Like, I just started telling you about, well, asking you about email, asking you about your business, and telling you, you got to change stuff. <laughs> you,
1: what do you mean you don't email? <laughs> so,
0: what do you remember from that meeting other than well, this? I, I
1: don't think I remember that night. I think I blacked out after I got across that bridge and went down that spiral hill of death. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I do remember the next morning when we were having breakfast and you said, I want to show you Clavio," And I'm like, "Clavio, what? Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, what word is this? And you know, it is so powerful. And you started talking to me about this brand browse abandonment feature. And I was like, okay, I'm in, like, I don't know what this means and how this stalks people, but I'm in. And so we, I set up an account like that weekend, I didn't use it for a long time, but I looked at it and I was very interested in it. Um, And it really, I was using MailChimp before and I wasn't using it very well. Like I know that there's good things with MailChimp, but I wasn't using it um, in a way that was effective at all. So when you showed me Clavio I thought, okay, this is my fresh start. This is my fresh start to email. I'm gonna import my little tiny itty bitty list that I had. And I'm going to start with Clavy. I'm gonna do some email marketing. Well, then I sat on it for a few months because you know, we're busy. We do we're business owners that we do all the things and we're trying to run social media and do this and pack shipments and we're doing all of it. And so I sat on it for a little while. And then a few months later, I wanted to launch my new subscription. This was my second subscription. And I thought, okay, I got to get this email marketing thing down before this launch, because I know you got to send a lot of emails in a launch and I hadn't been doing that. And so that's when I really buckled down, got it set up. I booked a call with Claudia to help me send out my very first um, email. And she kind of went through the flows that I had set up and said that they were all looking good. Um, and so that's how I got started. I, oh, wow. I, so, mm-hmm. so just to dial it back
0: a minute, like you were already successful. Like where, where was your business at when you, when you actually, when we met before you decided that email was going to be a thing for you?
1: So I was doing roughly about $400,000 a year at that point. Um, the heart so that of my was in bricks and mortar and online, that was both all mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my customer was mostly local. So I had probably 80% of my customer base was local to my town or the surrounding towns because of my brick and mortar store, because of the paint parties that I was teaching at the time. Um, And so I didn't feel like I needed to email my customers. I was talking to them every time they came in, every month they would pick up their subscription box. I didn't need to email anybody. Um, But as I started that, that month, I really started to want to, I've been wanting to grow it outside of my little area. I felt like how many people in this town can be walking around wearing the same shirt every day? That was like, I've got to get out of this town. Like I've got to grow or I'm not going to grow. I've got to get my reach further or I'm never going to grow this thing. I had a really strong local following. Um, And so that's where email really came into play. So I had about 400 subscribers in january when i met you roughly it was wow. in between three and four hundred subscribers and today for what is it 18 months later i have 2700 is that right well you have you had 400 box subscribers i only had one
0: subscription susan that was all i had and now you have 2700 100. subscribers mm-hmm. And you didn't have very many online sales either, did you? No,
1: like the only thing that was online was my subscription boxes because I was stressed on how to manage inventory from in-store purchases and online purchases. So the only thing I had online was my subscription box in the beginning. And then I started to add like different things that I had a lot of inventory of. But then what was happening as I was growing this audience outside of my local store I would post pictures of my store shelves and then, well, I didn't see that online. I'm like, well, it's only in store. And so I was like, wait a minute, I got to fix this. And so this is how things started to snowball with my online store. So then I was putting it in both places and I was selling out so quickly. I started holding it back and only selling it online because I would sell it online four times more than I would sell it in the store. And now if you look at that number today, it's 10 to one. I have 10 to one sales online versus in store right now all in a period of about 18 months Mm -hmm. and
0: all because your original goal was to get beyond your town to start attracting people to your subscription that were beyond your town. Wow. That's crazy. So here's what I think about you. And I remember, uh, I think it was at that very same time that I first met you that, uh, you had kind of an aha moment. And I feel like, uh, The reason, the whole reason, actually, that you uh, had such a solid business before you even emailed. And part of the reason that your email marketing just exploded your business was because you have always been really good at social media, really good at connecting with your customer. And uh, you're just so genuine and so lovely and so approachable. And I think that people see you on social media and they love you. And they think they know you.
1: But do you know that I wasn't always good at that? I do. I was great at talking to my customer and we are friends now. When you walk in my front door of my retail store, we're friends. Like, I don't know who you are, but we're friends. And that's how I treated everybody when they came into my store. And that was the relationships that I had built. And I would just be myself and I'm kind of quirky and fun. And, um, and I just, I love that. And so I, it's easy for me to do that with someone that I'm face to face with, or like you and I were face to face on camera here. Um, but people that didn't know me, that didn't live in my local town and know me, didn't know that part of me. And that's where I was struggling. I was struggling to build outside of my local community because people didn't know who I was or couldn't relate to me in that way that the customer walking in my front door could. Right. That was, that was the epiphany that I had at that meeting that I was, that very first meeting was I have to show up on social media the exact same way that I was showing up for my customers in store. My local people love me because I'm just me. And I didn't know how to do that online. And so I hated the camera. I was terrified of the camera. I did not want to be on Facebook Live. What is going on? Why do I have to do this? And it just was like beat in my head, you have to do a Facebook Live. You have to, you're never going to get a reach like this, if you don't do a Facebook live, they're never going to get to know you if you don't do a Facebook live. And so I made that commitment to doing one Facebook live every single week. Um, I started that in January, right after that meeting that we were at, it was late January. And I committed to showing up every single week. And I have been on camera every single week since that day. And boom, my business is right. Mm-hmm.
0: So so I remember you standing up and, and saying, talking about this epiphany, which was really so powerful. And probably I was the only one in the room going, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Everyone else is probably like, huh? <laughs> because it's so... Um, It's so much what we do as people selling products. So much of it is the person. We're buying from the person, not necessarily the physical product. And um, I remember you standing up saying that you'd spent a lot of time trying to find influencers for your box. And that what you had suddenly realized there was that you are your own influencer. And that you were going to take that and go forward with it, and I, I guess why I think this is so important for everyone listening to understand is that that in our kinds of businesses, and I mean you have a seven figure business. This is not a this is not a little corner store, but but in our kinds of businesses, really we have to be us. We have to we have to be real. We are not we. We are me. This is my business. You're actually dealing with me. It's not, we're not any big corporate thing. We are the opposite of Amazon. Right. Right, And so Yeah, and so I think that we're a lot of our our people feel this huge pressure to make everything polished and perfect and uh, show up with these like uh, images, stock images that they bought somewhere or these perfectly perfectly done images that that they think is the only thing that they can post. And it's actually not what people react to, Mm -hmm. right?
1: I was the same way. I was kind of paralyzed, you know, when you're when you're first starting your business, or even me. I was I had some employees at that point, but I was still doing. I was still shipping every day. Shoot, I was shipping yesterday, (laughs) Um, but I felt overwhelmed by all the things that needed to be done. Um, And I was looking for an influencer because I thought, okay, the way for me to get out there is to get in front of other people's audiences. But when I was looking at Instagram influencers, yes, there is a wide range of them, and I'm not trying to put any of them into a bucket. But what I was seeing was um influencers that were really skinny, really tan, really pretty, really put together and those are great and yes I want them to wear my shirts and talk about my box but I thought my customers not going to relate to that because I sat there that morning and I thought, okay, who is my customer? My customer is mom. I'm a mom. My customer works really hard. I work really hard. My customer doesn't really have a lot of time for themselves. I don't have a lot of time for myself. My customer is so busy in their life doing stuff for everyone else that they're the last one on their own list. Hello, that's me. Then I started looking at data. And I could see that seventy um, percent of my customer base wore a size large, extra large, or a two X t-shirt, and that told me that they were just like me because I wear a size extra large. And so, when I could see that they're 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 watching, they're showing up, they're buying from me because. I'm the busy mom that doesn't have time for sales. That does for everybody else. And I wear an extra large t-shirt. Yes, I have small and mediums that are in my subscription, but the majority of them were my same size. They see me wearing these things and they think, oh, well, she wears that really cute. I could wear that too. And it makes them feel good about themselves. And so I just said, okay, I am the influencer of my business. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the front facing person. But if that's what they relate to, and if that's what drives my local business so well, then I've got to show up in a way that other people that don't know me can get to know me in this way. And I'm going to tell you that I wear an extra large. I probably say it every other week, like, like, Oh, what what shirt do you have? on? I'm like, Oh, I have this shirt on and it's a size extra large. I want them to know that they can look good in a shirt. That's an extra large. It doesn't have to be frumpy. It doesn't, you know, like they can feel put together. And that's what I started doing. And my business, my followers have grown, my sales have grown, um, and everything about my business has grown um, because of that one thing.
0: Yeah. And so then when you added in the email marketing strategy onto that, it was like putting gas
1: on a fire. It was like, why have I not been doing this all my life? Oh, yeah. What was I waiting on? It's not hard, and it, I call I I did an interview recently with Clavio, and I called it my ATM machine. Um, I called Clavio my ATM. Like I just punch in the numbers or I type the email, and I hit in and money spits out, right? Like sales come in, like the ATM machine. Yeah. That's, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. And so what I wanted to, like the whole story before about you being your own influencer, and even though it was hard for you to show up, what I want are the people who are listening to this to really understand that those two things work beautifully together. And the more you do of the showing up and being yourself and seeing what people react to, like you Seeing, oh, hey, 70% of my people wear large and up. Okay, I need to make them feel really comfortable about this and that that's all right. So seeing what people react to, uh, seeing what is going to work in your business and doing more of that. If you do that, then when you uh, do Facebook ads or email marketing, it's all 110% 110% better. And so I love that you did this. And I can remember being all over you about just getting this done. So when you finally you you had uh, Claudia help you. So Claudia Howard is a coach in our group. She's also a store t- tasker expert. And she's a Klaviyo expert. And she does a lot of uh, work for a lot of our members. And of course, you're a member of our nice. inner circle. Yay. <laughs> so th- what was the very first thing you did? Was it just a
1: simple campaign? So I wrote down, I went back and looked before we got on this call so I could give you like legit information and not the stuff that I dreamt up in my head. But what I looked at was I had about 1600 emails on my email list that I had imported into Klaviyo when I started. And that was May, 2019. That's when I got my act together after we talked in January. So you can see how long it took me to get my life together. And then what I did, I was looking at the campaigns I had set up, I did a biweekly newsletter and I called it newsletter and I would never call it newsletter anymore. Um, but it was like my weekly blogs and then talking about some of the products on the weekly blogs. And it was just kind of a feel good newsletter. And I would share some pictures of my subscribers and them wearing or using the things. So that was biweekly. So I was doing that two times a month. And then I, sw- I was looking, I was sending product emails about every five days. So I'd send an email about every five days. And what I, when I switched from MailChimp to Klaviyo, what I realized was I was putting too many things in my emails to begin with. One, I had like all these borders and stupid stuff that just took too long to open. And, um, I really needed to clean it up, make it simplified and then I wanted to give them like just a few products in an email, not a whole bunch of things. I was just jam packing the whole email. So I didn't have to email them for the rest of the month. Right. And that was, oh, Sarah. I know. I had no idea. So when I started on Klaviyo, I was sending like a product email about every five days. It was a different product or like if it was a product and then like an add on product. So if I was sending out the shirt I'm wearing I might put the earrings that I have on too that would match it. Um, Maybe I would tie in a kimono or a pair of shoes or something like that. So I was writing a story about how I designed this shirt and how I paired these earrings with it and why. And so it was a story, but it was a story about a product. So I was doing that about once every five days in the beginning. And then I was seeing, I saw my email open rates go from about 20 to 30% on MailChimp to 48 to 63% on Klaviyo. Wow. It was a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, then I, so I was doing that. I was doing that pretty well. And then what I saw was I was doing these weekly lives and I was selling a lot of product from these weekly lives. So then that, that product email then became this email about my live. So on Friday I would go live and then I would just put everything I talked about in that email and send that out Friday as well. And I would link I would put a link in there to that live so they could read it or they could go watch me show and talk about all these things. And I started to do that like the back half of 2019. But then I got back with Susan Bradley and we, I went to this workshop she was hosting called Reliable Revenue. And yes, I had a great business. I think I ended 2019 with um, almost like $750,000 in sales. It was, I was really doing great. So i almost doubled from the previous year. Um, I was growing my list. My followers had doubled on Facebook, like all the things were clicking, but I knew it could be better. And I knew Susan Bradley had some strategy. So I went out to reliable revenue and what I got there changed everything. Oh, wow. Yay. Tell me more, Sarah. I didn't have a strategy with these emails. Okay, so my strategy was I would send one email with my Friday faves, right? Like that wasn't a very good strategy. I would put so much time and effort into um, curating these Friday faves every week. And one email was either hit or miss. And so what I learned out at the workshop from you was on day one, you send it to these people. On day two, you send it to these people. Like you had a specific strategy on who to send it to when, and why. And that is something I did not have, or did not have, I had not built into my, my weekly routine. So I put that into place immediately. I didn't sit on it for five months, like the year before I put that into place immediately. I started seeing a lot of sales very quickly. And actually January, February, and March of this year, I had more sales than I did in October, November, and December of last year the highest months I should have had. I beat those in January, February and March and March. We know we were going through COVID COVID. and I believe it was from my email marketing and the way I showed up on social media. It was amazing.
0: Wow. Actually somebody else posted in our inner circle group, the same thing today. It was like she had, as soon as she joined and started doing the email marketing and consistently it was like she had four Novembers in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't realize that that is when it really doubled That's
1: out for me. And I have tweaked it a bit to my own, you know, my own customer and yeah. what I do, but you providing a game plan for me was what I needed to see it on my end. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I you can say you need to write emails, but if you don't really have a plan on what you're supposed to be doing, sometimes if you're not good at those things, you think, okay, well, it's not working or it's, or it's okay, but it wasn't working good. When you put together that strategy on who to email, when to email and why that made me see it in a different way. And I could see the results in a different way. And that also allowed me to tweak it a little bit for my own audience. Um, and I still use that. I mean, what, we're eight months later, I'm still using it every week and still driving oh. sales every week.
0: Your sales are crazy. I know we had, we, guys, we are, Sarah and I are really business besties for sure. We are all over each other's uh, stuff. And so we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago and, and Sarah was like, yeah, I just can't sell anymore this weekend. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> My employees off. are going to quit. <laughs> yeah. And that's That's amazing, right? And so now I'm looking into my fourth quarter this year and I'm thinking, I've got to go deep. I've got to go deep with my product because I know if I show up live with it and I send an email out, I better have a lot of stock because I have trained my person to come watch me live every Friday. And I have trained my person that I'm going to send them all the goods in that email. And what's happened the last few weeks, I haven't sent the email out because I'm sold out before my live even gets done. So, I haven't had, I haven't emailed in two weeks because I don't have any product left. So as I'm planning for the fourth quarter, I'm going deep, deep into products because I know I can sell them.
0: Which is so much more profitable than going broad and wide. Yes. Right. Because you, you just have an opportunity to sell so much and at its most profitable and not get stuck with a lot of stuff that you have to mark down. Yeah. Me, you. I love this. <laughs> and so right now, your plan is that you uh, you do a consistent weekly campaign, except for the last two weeks, and you do you use our sending strategy, which is really just uh, um, day one send, a day two send. And then I think the secret sauce really is that day four send where you uh, pull in everybody who was interested. they clicked or they opened, and you resend it to them. And they I think that those people, are, they just need one more little visual to get them to buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I am so amazed. And I know, uh, I, I just want to talk about your, uh, the other thing. I know that Clavio has interviewed you for their blog because you're so successful. And I, I think Sarah, you are one of the most consistent people. I know you and I actually are both really consistent, but you don't, uh, well, you do do a lot of things, but you, I, I think you have uh, picked your, key things that are really important and you make sure that those things happen no mm-hmm. matter what. And I really admire you for that. And I think that has super contributed to your success, you know, and if you combine that with this, uh, connecting with your customer live, I think it is like, it's like the key to the castle.
1: It is. I think that you've like nailed it with a consistency. Yeah. He's like, people think they have to do all the things. So you may do a little bit here and a little bit here yeah. and a little, there. And then you get busy and you go back and okay, I'm gonna do a little bit here a little bit. If you go all in, in one area, like say this email piece, if you say, okay, I'm going to do this email piece and I'm going to go all in and you start it and you get really good at it. And then it's very easy for you. You're super consistent. Then you can add in another piece to that. You don't, don't try to do all the things at once. Start with one thing, do it really well. And once you master it, add another layer in. And it was the same thing with my Facebook lives. Once I've nailed those and did them really well, then I added in email, And once we got that going and that was easy because I already had the content from my Facebook live, it wasn't creating new content for the email. Once we got that consistent, then I added in Pinterest I have over 200 or 2 million monthly views on Pinterest now in a year. And it was just one more layer that we added in. Once I got consistent with the lives, consistent with the emails, now I'm going to add in Pinterest. And so it's just consistency. And I would tell anybody that's starting out, pick one thing and get really good at it and then you can layer in another piece.
0: Agree. And and I think that the benefit of that is, uh, well, two things I wanna say about that. One is the benefit of that is that when you do that and you start to get some momentum, you're actually able to hire a little bit of help mm-hmm. along the way. Whereas if you just keep doing a little bit of everything, you're gonna like see you next year because you're still gonna be doing a little bit of everything. And the other thing that I noticed, and maybe you could uh, talk about this too, I think that people expect success too fast, that that if you uh, if you email, if you decide this is what you're going to do and you follow a program and uh, three weeks in, you don't have success, don't throw up your hands and say it didn't work like it takes time.
1: Right. Like, would you not agree? takes a lot of time, Susan. And I think that people want instant success. And someone may look at me and say, well, she's super successful. She has 2,700 subscription boxes, but here's what you don't see. I'm in year eight of this business, eight years Um, five years of that, I didn't have a subscription box and I just had a retail store. I wasn't even online, but I built that customer base for five years. Then I sold them a subscription box. And then I worked the subscription box and I added in all these marketing pieces that I didn't have before. It takes time. And if you don't have the time, then it's not something you need, you want to start. But if, if you start it, and you're consistently growing and learning. I think that's the thing. I'm like a serial learner. I want to learn all the time. And so I'm hungry for the knowledge. So I seek it out and I learn it and I, I implement it. You can be like this knowledge person where you're just listening to all these podcasts or you're li- reading all these blogs about stuff. But if you never put it into action, you're never going to move forward. And so you just have to start doing it, getting consistent, continue to learn and continue to up-level everything. And your business is going to up-level with it right?
0: I often say, uh, certainly to our members, and particularly when they're new, that progress comes in baby steps. And if you are not watching, With the progress you make, because it's going to be really teeny tiny at first. Now, of course, as you get bigger, your progress, your baby steps get bigger. But if you are not paying attention and watching that and appreciating that little bit of progress, you'll stop doing the very thing that's going to get you where you want to go. And I think it's super important. And uh, if I could just encourage anyone who's listening to understand that, that you don't have to do all the things, do those few things very well. Like you said, master one before you take something else on and just have these, I always call it my hitching post, but have these things on your hitching post that you go back to over and over and over again. Those are the important things because you never have enough time to try all the strategies that you're going to see out there.
1: And I, I think that's why i am drawn to you so much, Susan, is because you We call ourselves, you're the data and I'm the feelings. And so I can feel like I'm having a bad sales week all all day long. I can feel like I had a hundred subscribers cancel on me this month. I can feel all of that. But if you look at the data, the way you teach your members and the way you have your, your form set up and you can see the progress, if you can see that data, it takes out all the feelings that you're not doing well. And you can either see I'm doing well, or I'm not. And it's black and white. And most of the time you're doing well, you just don't feel it because it doesn't feel big enough at that time. And so I think you're really great at that. And your members are really, they, they have all the things that they need to track that and what to look at, because we don't know what to look at. Sometimes. Yeah,
0: for sure. Data takes the emotion out of stuff. But so, so, and it's so funny because I think about you and I, and, you know, we've had lots of fun things together. And the, the biggie is that I'm usually saying, well, why are you crying? What, what, <laughs> what am I missing here? <laughs> and you're saying like, can you get your head out of the numbers? Because that uh, feeling part of what you do has, uh, I think it's been the key to connecting with your customers. So don't be afraid to use that part on the, out, on the forward facing of your business. But that, that feeling part too, I think, you know, you can just have a bad day. Somebody can say something that's hurtful or somebody can say something awful uh, about something that you've posted on Facebook, leave a nasty comment. And that one thing, even though you know intellectually that it's only one person and it's probably their issue, not yours, it can really bring you down. And so that's why I love I just love looking at the data. And speaking of that, so when you moved over to Clavio, you had 1,600 subscribers. And how many do you have today?
1: I have over 10,000. Wow. In 14 months.
0: Yeah. So next year, here's the plan. I want you to wake up every morning, figuring out uh, how to add 3,000 people to your list every month. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to taste you on that one.
1: I'm going to write that down. So I don't forget that. <laughs> Bradley is going to get me.
0: <laughs> everybody can see the look on your face. <laughs> That's when you're really going to uh, be driving the bus big time. That's the key. So listen, I love that you shared so much. I, I just, um, I, you know, nothing better for me than our friendship together in business. And uh, if you you have the feeler. So for those people that are listening that are where you were, like I can remember when you even told me about you just weren't even able to get a paycheck out of this business. Mm -hmm. So those people that are where you were that really want this badly, if you could tell them like one or two things that they should focus on,
1: what would those things be? Well, you said something to me before we started recording. And you said, if you don't ever start, you're never going to start. And it's true. You have to start. um, And whether that's social media or that's email, or if you can do both at once, I would start there being consistent in both of those areas, being consistent on social media, and then taking your social media content and putting that in email format. You don't have to recreate the wheel when you write an email. You just need to hit people at different places with the same content. So if you can do those two things and you can start today and make a commitment to yourself, that's where I would tell you to start because that those two pieces will be the biggest drivers of your success. You know what? That's
0: just gold. Thank you very much, my friend. I really appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find you. I want you to know I'm over here cheering for all your successes. You have I know so you are. many. So tell everybody where, all the places they can find you.
1: So if you want to find my retail business, it's framedbysarah.com. It's on Facebook and Insta at Framed Sarah. Um, if you want to follow my subscription box journey and how I coach others to, to um, build their own subscription boxes, you can find me at launchyourbox.com.
0: Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at The Roadmap to 50K, and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices. Because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner